Guys, it strikes again. Remember last time, as I told you guys, when I was going to go see SK Alexandria, their singer got laryngitis? Or if I didn't mention it, I'm mentioning it now. It's happening again, man. Their drummer just fractured his foot. Luckily, I was able to get in touch with their PR person, and they told me that the co-headliner this fall with the Who band, not the Who, the old band, some this is a Mongolian metal band, is a go. So we shall see what happens. I'm ready October 8th. I don't care about Power Trip. I don't care about Bad Omens. Actually, I care a little bit about Bad Omens, but I really don't care about Power Trip because those tickets are something else. I'm going to go see Asking Alexandria October 8th. Hopefully, we shall see what happens. Speedy Recovery to James Cassells. And another thing is, you guys remember the band The Bravery? I wish they were still around. Those guys are awesome. Anyway, remember, follow me, Punch the Mouth Official on Instagram, official underscore P-I-T-M on Twitter. Peace, guys. Later. The dude's name is Nathan Schult. I thought it was something else. I do apologize. What's going on, everybody? I hope everybody's well. Welcome back to the Punch the Mouth Podcast. I'm Adrian. Here where we watch the MMA landscape through my eyes. I haven't said that in a while. I don't know if that caught on. Let me know if that's caught on. If it hasn't, I'll stop saying it and I'll just keep introducing myself. But thank you, episode 120. Here we go. Unfortunately, there is some sad news. UFC 292 has lost its co-main event. Henry Cejudo has pulled out of his fight with Marlon Vera. I was going to say Marlon Moraes. Oh, my God. Sorry about that. Let me see if I can find the statement, and then we'll go from there. We're also going to talk about how Connor is not faring well as a coach and how he's coming off in The Ultimate Fighter. Also, we're going to look at the Sean Strickland fight this weekend because there's no other major fights going on. And then we'll look forward. Well, no, we'll do that next week because I wanted to talk about International Fight Week, but we'll do that next week. Of course, Robbie Lawler will fight his final fight on his UFC contract, you know, so we'll see. Hold on. So it was like, oh, Henry Cejudo. Henry Cejudo reveals he is out of UFC 292 fight with Marlon Chito Vera due to shoulder injury. I wonder if this is the same shoulder he had surgery on. Because I did meet Henry one time and he did tell me that the reason he was out for so long was because of his shoulder. This was after he... I, no, it was right before because I met him in 2019. And he was part of the first big pay-per-view card during the COVID pandemic. Henry Cejudo comeback will have to wait a little longer. On Thursday, the former two-division champion revealed a lingering shoulder injury will keep him from fighting. It says... From fight at UFC 292, where he was scheduled to face Marlon Chito Vera in a marquee matchup on the Boston card. Unfortunately, due to my right shoulder, I won't be able to fight Cejudo said on Instagram. I've already told my left shoulder, while I was out for about a year, I don't want to tear it any further than what it already is. So then, this is the one where he had shoulder surgery on, I think. That being said, this tear, there's a tear in there. The cat's out of the bag. 
It's actually a 50% tear. Jesus Christ. I stretched it out as much as possible. I stretched it out as much as I possibly could because I love that Cheeto Vera matchup. And for those that really know me, I'm all about the money. That's all. And that I'm all about competing. Udo was making a quick turnaround to face Vera in August after losing a split decision in May to reigning UFC Bantamweight champion Aljamain Sterling in his return from retirement. As far as what's next for Cejudo, he appears to move past the matchup with Vera and is instead turning his attention to a different fight. At the end of the day, the guy that I still want, number one contender, his name is Marab Dwalish, really, Cejudo said. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And who knows, there could be a special matchup between me and Brandon Moreno if you guys think about it. No, no, stop it. There's no way this guy goes back down to flyweight. There is no way. You're talking about going to featherweight to fight Volkanovski? There is no way you go back down to flyweight to fight Brandon. Unless Brandon is crazy enough to go to Bantamweight and fight you. So who will target a showdown when Marab Dwell is really following the losses turning in May. But that was also delayed after the Georgian Bantamweight had to undergo surgery on his injured hand which sidelined him for three, four months. Perhaps they are destined to meet after all, with Cejudo no longer able to compete against Vera in August. I mean, I guess, like, I don't know. I, w- I would have liked to see him fight Vera. I would still like that matchup for Henry because Morabdol is really, like, that dude's a savage. I believe Marlon is a better matchup for Henry, but that just shows you the savage Henry is because he's willing to fight anybody and everybody. I mean, he could potentially, if he fights Marab, lose again and be 0-2 in his return fights. Let's, let's see this. A boycott PFL situation. Grant Dawson reacts to suspensions of Nathan Shalut and Raush Manifio. He's talking about, like, again, if you guys saw the, listen to my last episode. Um, he's talking about the in-laws. A controversial decision was handed down this past Saturday with a tournament-based promotion suspending the fighters after... Sherlu defeated Manifio by unanimous decision at PFL 6. Before the punishment, Shulute, it's Shulute, I'm an idiot. I've been saying his name wrong all the, all all this time. Was set for playoffs and eliminated ex-UFC fighter Shane Burgos. It's well documented that Shulute and Manifio are best friends and training partners and neither seemed particularly excited about being forced to face each other especially in a regular season matchup with both sitting 1-0 in the standings. Meanwhile, Burgos suffered a loss in his PFL debut, and rather than be matched up with Sherlu or Manifield, he ultimately drew Yamato Nakashikawa, who also lost in his first-round matchup during the PFL season. No way. They, they did this on purpose. They did this on purpose because they spend a lot. This is what I truly believe. Again, this is the opinion show. What I believe happened here is they, 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 I don't want to say they broke the bank for Shane Burgos, but they paid good money to get him because this guy, he wasn't a hot, hot free agent, but this guy's exciting, man. So what they did, they tried to get him to get into the playoffs without making it too obvious, in my opinion. I'm not saying the PFL did that, but that's what it feels like before somebody comes at me. None of it made sense to Dawson, which is why. He took aim at PFL when reacting to the situation during UFC Vegas 
76 media day. That's a boycott PFL situation, Dawson said, because that makes no sense. They're two former champions. They're two former tournament winners. And so for them to fight not even in the tournament, it makes no sense. A statement announcing the suspension, PFL official stated that Natana and Manafield's contracted obligation to use their best efforts, skills, and abilities as professional athletes to compete and defeat any opponent and added, it is very clear that Natana and Raush did not meet that contractual standard in yesterday's bout. The decision to remove Natan, which cost him a chance at the $1 million prize awarded to the tournament winner, also resulted in Burgos, a, here we go again, a high-profile free agent signing for the PFL taking his spot in the playoffs. That's where Dawson can't help but consider there were perhaps... Here we go, bro. I'm telling you... <laughs> It doesn't look good when PFL did this. It does not look good. Because look, now it goes, Dawson believes, wait, wait, wait. that's where Dawson can't help but consider there was perhaps a bigger agenda at work. No one doubted that Natan and Raouj fight was awful, but the fact that they were punished for it suggests something else to the UFC vet. Oh, excuse me. I don't know the whole story. I think there's some politics that went behind that, Dawson said. Shane Burgess was another good friend of mine. I'm happy he got in, but I think that's why they did that. So do I. I mean, it makes sense. I think they matched up those two and were hoping for some type of controversy would happen to where they can slip Burgos in the tournament. The PFL decision means that Burgos will battle Clay Collard for a spot in the finals against either... Obir Michier or Bruno Miranda were also slotted to face off in the lightweight playoffs. And it goes on to say Dawson wants to see Burgo succeed, but he can't feel like Natan. It's at Natan's expense. Super happy for Shane. Love the dude, Dawson said. But I think it's kind of a, a shitty situation. I'm really bummed out for Natan. I mean, the writing's all there, bro. Like... Jesus, I get it. You, 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 um, ooh, ooh, I want to read this one. But going back to that, I get it. You, you spend good money. It's like saying you spend good money on something. So how is it not going to, because I believe what PFL was hoping for was Shane, because again, Shane had a big following, not a big following, but if he was on the card, you would sit down and watch. I'm assuming that's what people thought would happen if he were to go to PFL that people will go and watch their product and maybe discover new fighters, you know? I mean, that's a smart play because there's a lot of people that just watch UFC, you know? So if you get somebody that used to fight in UFC, they might go check it out. I'm just saying. And especially if they're going to go Champions Night pay-per-view again. I heard it did horrible. I tried to reach out to PFL officials to see if they would tell me anything. Nope. Let me see. Drake Duplicis fully intends on being the man to permanently dethrone Israel Adesanya. The UFC middleweight division is, has a ready-made feud between the reigning two-time champion and South African Africa's top star. While Duplicis has locked up a shot in the eyes of the title holder, thanks to his words, Duplicis wants to speak with his actions and make himself undeniable. That process continues with former champion Robert Whittaker at UFC 290 next weekend in Las Vegas. A fight between Duplicis and Adesanya would be their first in a professional MMA setting, but it wouldn't be their first overall encounter. Adesanya revealed on Impulsive earlier this month 
that he and Duplices once sparred in Thailand with each having degrees of success. I'm coming from China. I was doing kickboxing over there, Adesanya said. I had no MMA, no nothing. I was just kickboxing. I had MMA already, but it wasn't sharp. It was blunt. My jiu-jitsu was blunt, very blunt. So we're sparring. I don't know if we did two rounds or, or one. It's so long ago as well. This is 2014, so long ago. I remember, like, on the grappling, he had me. But on the striking, I just messed him up. When hearing Adesanya's version of the story, Duplices confirmed the collision between then green 185-pounders. However, Steel Knox needed to clear up some of the finer favorable to Adesanya details. Oh yeah, we trained together in Thailand, Duplices told the Schmo. I think I was 19 years old at the time. He had quite a record in MMA already back then. I was 3-0. I think, yeah, I was 3-0. Then we trained together. He said I beat him in grappling exchanges. He's 100% correct in that. I did manhandle him in grappling and wrestling exchanges. But we did not do a single round of striking, not one. I mean, this is the way of saving himself, saying, no, but I beat him in striking. We never did striking together, not one round. When we sparred, we grappled, and we wrestled. We never did one single round of striking together. Not as far as I know, and that's something you would remember. So the way this is said is the winner of Robert and Duplices, I've said it before, the winner of this will fight um, Israel in September, which would be UFC 293. The thing goes on to say UFC 293 in September will see the promotion return to Australia, where the hope is for Adesanya to defend the title against... The UFC 290 winner Duplices, however, is game for getting all of, for getting it all out of the way at once. After Adesanya recently shared, he hopes to manifest an upset of the Reaper. Be careful what you wish for, Duplices said. At the end of the day, I don't care if he hopes. If he wants it, I'll win on my terms, and it's imminent. Like I said, when I fight for the belt, I'm <laughs> gonna fight Adesanya. He says he's hoping that I win. That's good. I don't need hope. I think he. Ho I think the hope is for those that believe winning can happen by accident. I'm not winning by accident or by him hoping. I'm winning because of hard work and because I'm the best fighter. I like this guy, bro. <laughs> I like this guy a lot. He'll get his shot. <laughs> look, 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 look. He'll get his shot. He can stand in line. He's calling me out. I'm not calling him out. Dude, keep... Yes, bro. This guy gets it. Keep going. So I'll be fighting him because that's what I deserve. But he can stand in line just like everybody else. And when the time comes, I'll be fighting him. Let's see if he's game, he added. Let's see if Adesanya is really there when the time comes. The way I see it, I think after Whitaker just gave me... I think after Whitaker just give me five minutes with... The way I'm feeling right now, just give me about five minutes and water, and then I'll fight him on the same night. Let's do it next week, Saturday. Dude, this... Dude, as much as I love Rob, and I know I shouldn't be saying this, but... <laughs> I cannot... If Drickus wins, I cannot wait for these press conferences, bro. I cannot wait. But the way this guy's talking, I'm ready. I'm, and I don't care if the fight itself is boring. Like, the fight between Adesanya and and Duplices, if it happens, the buildup is where the action is going to be. And it's going to be awesome, bro. It's going to be great. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying?
It's gonna be awesome. Now let's look at the ultimate fighter standing. So right now Connor's 0-5. But yet he made a comment making it seem that he went because I know he doesn't get swept. Because if you see the trailers, he does not get swept. But does that mean he wins the next three fights? And then something crazy happens that they bring in one of his other guys? Because I know he does not get swept. That I can tell you right now. Conor McGregor does not get swept. And that's not because anybody has told me anything. You can see in the trailers that he gets pumped up. But I can't wait for the next episode because... I thought that shoved happened at the end of the season, but that shove happens on the next episode. The one they've been promoting, I thought, because they usually have them face off at the end of the season. So I thought that's where that shoved happened, but I guess not. I guess it gets heated again between them two, and Connor just shoves the shit out of Michael Chandler. I cannot wait to see how wh why that happened, because Dana's standing right there, and then he goes, move out of my way, <laughs> like saying... I need to get this figured out, bro. I cannot wait. We'll see what happens. And as far as Connor coming off like he doesn't care about the guys, I guarantee you he does. But he's not a coach, and he's always said it himself. He's like, dude, I'm not a coach. The people that are coaches that will be there, they're there for them because his coaches are there. And another thing you guys have to realize is Connor was filming Roadhouse during all of this because... <clears throat> I forgot what event was going on that they had Jake. Oh, it was during the John Jones Cyril Gon fight that they had Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Jay Haran. Like all of that happened. Like all this stuff was going on while Connor was filming Roadhouse. So that's another thing to keep in mind. So people can't be saying, oh, Connor doesn't really care about the fighters. He had a lot of things going on, but he wanted to be a part of it. I don't know if he, if, he got paid. He he had to get paid. Like he's getting paid. He's the only reason they're on big ESPN, like lineal television. It's because of him. There's no denying that. Okay, let's not deny that. But to say Conor McGregor didn't care, I that's hard for me to believe. I believe he cared a lot. Alexander Romanov will return this weekend. Bagor Ivanov would return. He will fight Bagor Ivanov. Kevin Lee is coming back. The main event, you see Sean Strickland fight Abun Magomedov. Grant Dawson fights Damir Imazgulov. Max Griffin fights Michael Morales. Ariana Lipsky is fighting Melissa Gatto. Ismael Bonfim is fighting Benoit St. Denis. Sultan Ruziboev will fight Bruno Ferreira. Um, right now that I saw Kevin Lee's name, he's not very happy about fighting in the Apex. Let's see if I can find it. Let's see if I can find it. Heavenly excited for UFC return, but bemoans Octagon return at UFC Apex. It's kind of stupid. One time UFC interim lightweight title challenger, Kevin Lee wants to show the world he's a force at welterweight in his Octagon return. I feel like it's been about three years since I really performed at the right level and really had the right fight. They told reporters during media day in support of his UFC Vegas 76 fight against Renazat Fakimredinov. I hope I said that right. I know I didn't. So for those three years, it's been rebuilding myself and rebuilding my strength. Everything to get back to that level. He hopes to halt Renazat's 16 fight win streak. He's not just a fan of the UFC's. He's just not a fan of the UFC's choice of venue. Asked about fighting in the UFC's Apex. 
He couldn't hide his disapproval. I'm not going to lie. I wish it was in front of more fans, Lee said. I don't know how many people are going to be at the Apex, but it's kind of stupid. I don't know what we're doing. You know what I mean? The pandemic is over. I don't know if people got the message or, you know, if they sent out the telegram. But the pandemic is over. I don't know what we're still doing here. You want me to tell you, Kevin? They know this card won't sell. So they figured out a life hack. They meet their quota with ESPN and then and they save money. Look, look, look. The answer to that is part found in the UFC exploiting profits, which is a huge boost through the cost saving of holding events in the promotions TV venue. UFC President Dana White touted the Apex as a critical part of its expanding popularity as the promotion beats other sports leagues to punch in restarting live events. He goes, I get that there's money to be had, but it's kind of stupidly continued. It's a different energy when it's thousands and thousands of people screaming. It's a different level of feeling. It's why when I want the Charles Oliveira fight again, it's why I when I want the Charles Oliveira fight again, it's a different feeling. I mean, I t dude, they just said it. Everything I said to you is what they just said. Because it makes sense, right? Like, you don't have to pay for security because the organizers have to pay for all that. The venue is there, but and you have to be out by a certain time. At the Apex, they could go all night if they want. They just need the time slot. And ESPN will give it to them because I guarantee you a lot of people tune in to ESPN and have ESPN Plus to mainly watch UFC because they're the ones that brought it in. Do you guys not remember the first ESPN Plus event was TJ Dillashaw versus Henry Cejudo? Lee, who headlines the ESPN televised prelims on Saturday night, came up short against Oliveira just as the pandemic shut the world down in March of 2020. In his only Apex experience, he lost a decision against Daniel Rodriguez and what would wound up to be a prelude to his UFC release in November 2021. I mean, yeah, it's a big deal. I believe the deal ends in two years. But yeah, he's not happy. I mean, I get it from his part, but I also get it from the UFC part. If... They don't have to worry about selling tickets, and then they don't have to worry about all this extra stuff. Why um, why wouldn't they do that? I mean, I get both parts. I get it. I really do. Abbas Magomedov. I want. He has four losses. Let's see what his losses are. He he lost to Luis Taylor in PFL. I mean, look, they're they're high on this guy, and he lost in PFL. He lost to Michael Parlo at GMC Seven German MMA Championships. So he lost to Pete, like, when, uh, so, when was his last loss? Let's look at it. He's on a three-fight win streak, because after he lost in PFL, he went to Elite MMA Championships, and then he went to KSW, and then he went, and then he made his UFC debut. I didn't see this fight. I've never seen this guy fight then. If it was at that fight card, I should go back and watch it before the fights on Saturday. But I'm excited, man. Because this guy looks like he likes to knock people out because I see TKO, TKO, TKO. Well, no, that was his loss. Unanimous decision win. Guillotine choke, TKO punches. Decision, decision. TKO, TKO, decision. TKO. This guy likes hurting people, man. I'm going to check out this fight. I'm going to check it out. But him versus Abbas versus Sean Strickland. I mean, because I, Sean is a very good fighter. A lot of people get confused. It's like the Colby thing, right? Because of the way they act, a lot of people, like, want to see them fail. But behind all of that, like, all the trash talk, all the silliness and all that stuff, 
These guys are really good fighters, man. Like, let me see how old Sean is. Sean has to be in his late 20s to early 30s to at most mid 30. He's 32. So, like, this guy has, still has two good years in him, I believe. He used to train out here, and I believe they're in Rancho Cucamonga Millennia MMA gym. And then he went to Rukin Training Center, and then he went to Vegas. He trained at Syndicate for a little bit, and now right now he trains at um, Extreme Couture. Because I believe he's from Corona. See, he is a former King of the Cage middleweight champion. That means he used to fight out here because King of the Cage is like a local IE um, promotion. But going back to what I said, he's a really good fighter, man. And, like, one thing he does really well is he trains in MMA gloves. So, um, like, he's already has his timing down. Like, with boxing gloves, you can make mistakes. In training, right there, you cannot you cannot do that. But, again, the, these Apex cards, they run a little thing. Because outside of Kevin Lee, outside of Max Griffin, and I'll, I'll always watch a Grand Dawson fight because that guy's really good. Like, it doesn't interest me. Yana Santos is fighting. Yana Kunisnaya, for those who don't know, she's fighting. But a Sean Strickland fight is always interesting. We shall see what happens. Um, one thing I do want to give my opinion about is, so since the last time I spoke to you guys, remember I talked about, well, not the last time, but the time before that, uh, the Mexican Independence card. So they have announced the official booking of that card, and it will take place at T-Mobile Arena, but it will not be a pay-per-view like I thought. They went on Wednesday UFC President Dana White announced on his social media channels a special fight night event coming to T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas on September 16th to celebrate Mexican Independence Day. White revealed lightweight champion Alexa Grasso will defend her belt in a rematch against longtime queen Valentina Chevchenko in the main event. Grasso upset Chevchenko and ended her four and a half year reign as a champion when she submitted Bullet at UFC 285, in addition on becoming Mexico's second ever undisputed champion, Grasso also handed Chevchenko her first loss since September of 2017 and became only the second woman after Amanda Nunes to defeat Chevchenko in the UFC. The victory also continues a great momentum for Mexican fighters in 2023 following Brandon Moreno's unification of the flyweight title over longtime rival Davison Figueroa at UFC 283. And Yair Rodriguez win in the interim for the interim in the interim featherweight title fight at UFC 284 in Perth, Australia. Mexico has always been a very important market to me since day one, White said. I recently told everyone at a press conference that we had made a big mistake by not showcasing our world champions and Mexican talent on a Mexican holiday. I went back to the office after the press conference and I fixed that immediately. Rodriguez and Moreno will compete in the main and co-main event at UFC 290, Volkanovski versus Rodriguez. I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, think of next weekend. If these two guys win and then they go into... The only the only stumble here is Irene Aldana's performance. Like, I don't think it would have been that big of a deal if she would have performed a little better than what... Because, again, I don't like talking smack because I'm not a fighter. But Irene looked like she was scared in that fight, honestly. She looked like she was scared. I don't know if she was dealing with an injury or the moment just got to her, but she looked like she was scared. She had that one good moment and clipped Nunez, but outside of that, it was nothing. In addition to the main event, White, White announced Shavkat Ragmanov and Kevin Gastelum will fe be featured in the co-main event. 
Like Monop stretched his undefeated record to 17 and 0 with 17 finishes when he submitted Jeff Neal at UFC 285. But Gastelum will easily be the toughest test of his career. The Mexican American middleweight recently bounced back with a fight of the night victory over Chris Curtis at UFC 287 and remains one of the toughest outs at 185. White finished the announcement by saying he will continue to provide updates to the September 16 event as the card is built out and promises one of the most incredible cards in Las Vegas. Stay tuned. Bro, you put Nick Diaz on that card. Can you guys please do that? Put Nick Diaz on the card. As a matter of fact, I'm going to reach out to the UFC. I'm like, hey, is there going to be talks of Nick fighting on the Mexican Independence Day card? Come on, Caesar. Caesar. Caesar Gracie, I know you're listening. I don't know if you're listening, actually. I doubt it, but let's put Nick on that card, man. I mean, Nate's not in the UFC right now. Let's put Nick on that card, please. Please, please. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me, Punch the Mouth Official on Instagram, official underscore P-I-T-M on Twitter. Peace, guys. Later.